No whammy, stop! Stop it, oh! It hurts, doesn't it? All your dreams, this. Hops down the fucking drain. What's happening, guys? Happy Sunday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty podcast. On tonight's show, we're going to be talking about Dynasty breakouts, or are they Dynasty fakeouts? I'll tell you who faked me out. I didn't know that he was going to make it tonight because he was running a little behind, but I love him because he's always here. He's not always there when I call, but he's always on time. He is, in fact, the man of the hour and the man. With the power, Jerry Sinclair, buddy. What's going on in uh, Iowa? Yeah, I uh, I made it by about a minute and a half, so that that was good. Um, well, we got you know bad air quality, but what we're not going to have is bad air quality on this podcast, Randy. So what the hell's new with you? Well, you know, I like that. You know, the the air quality here in Indianapolis is okay. A little overcast today, a little bit of rain. They they tried to blame the Canadian wildfires. I just I just think that's that's kind of weak. It's like the air here in the States wasn't that great to begin with. Like, who was running around the United States of America talking about their great air quality? Alaska, maybe? Maybe Alaska, maybe Hawaii. But, like, really the rest of us, it's, it's been like a, a whole thing for a long time. But we have a huge show. We're jam-packed. We're wall-to-wall. We've even got news. Jerry and I typically do not do news, but there were two huge Dynasty-related stories we absolutely have to tackle. Then we're going to get to some some dynasty, some players that we think we're going to break out, but things have just not fallen in their favor. And they were once going to break out, and now they're just going to fake you out. Uh, real quick, you need to be subscribed four places. Two YouTube channels, two podcast channels, Player Profiler and Dynasty Warzone. If you're listening via podcast, go find the other one. If you're listening on Player Profiler, find Dynasty Warzone, vice versa. Same thing with YouTube, because right now we've got great content, not only coming out with bonus shows from myself, but our guys Dallas and Jesse have been continuing to drop extra content, and you're not going to miss any of it if you're subscribed everywhere. A lot of great stuff. Dynasty Warzone, Player Profiler, please subscribe to both. Now, Jerry, uh, tomorrow night, guess what I'm doing tomorrow night? You'll never guess what I'm doing tomorrow night. Going to see Barbie in theaters. You know, if I if I didn't already have the one and only Ryan McDowell coming uh, on the Kiss the Ring podcast, we're going to talk about what it's like commissioning or helping co-commission the largest fantasy football tournament in the world. It's called the Scott Fishbowl. We're going to ask him a lot of questions about his role within the Scott Fishbowl, how long he's been helping, uh, best advice for, for fantasy commissioners, whether you're a redraft gamer or you're a dynasty gamer. Ryan is always must-listen content, so it'll be live on YouTube Monday night and then podcast later in the week. You don't want to move that. And then, Jerry, do you know Halal FF at Halal FF? His name's Mark Garcia. Yep. He's going to be doing a podcast here on Player Profiler. It's called The First Mover. I guess he's the new host. The First Mover, I think, is an existing podcast. But he linked up with me. And, you know, he's going to be doing a show. So be on the lookout. This is why you subscribe everywhere. So easy. It's, it's super duper easy. And Jerry, how much does it cost to subscribe to the Player Profiler and Dynasty Wars on YouTube channels? That's a free 30. It's free 99. You got it. And how much is it to subscribe to both podcast channels? A whole bunch of nothing. 
$0.0. It's free to subscribe everywhere. You'll never miss a bit of content. Now, we're going to go not only into good people, bad tweets, we're going to go into the news, but we're going to do that right after a quick word from the Podfather talking to us about our friends at Underdog. We'll be right back. Let's take a moment to talk about Underdog Fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from Player Profile already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on Player Profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD. I used to play Underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well, what better place than in an Underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickums. It's important to correlate those NFL pickums. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them, and you can five extra payout. Bada bing, bada boom. Underdog Fantasy. The promo code is Underworld for an instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars. Underdog is the truest friend of the underworld. Yeah, and on my end, there was a little bit of feedback, but that is underdog. You guys have heard of underdog forever, and the code word is underworld. So check them out, uh, support our sponsors that keep us on the air for free. Now, Jerry, are you ready to get into what we like to call good people, bad tweets? Well, let's see what we got going, buddy. Well, you know, this one right here, it wasn't really so much of like a fantasy football take. It was just now... Have you ever done a personality profile test, you know, like for a job or anywhere along? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where it tells uh, you like your top highly five agree, strengths. disagree. Yeah, I've done. Yeah, those. yeah. It, it, the, the Gallup Strengths Finders one. Th- there's another one. You know, I've done these for a couple of jobs. My wife's an HR director, so she's had me do them. She's had my son do them. Like my number one is competition. I might be the most competitive person you you'll ever meet. Super competitive person, but. The other day, I saw this tweet, and it's really about being a competitor. And the original tweet was from Chase Snyder, at Chasing Snyder. It said, Max Crosby made the mistake of waking up Patrick Mahomes. And then a gentleman named Jarrett Bailey, at J. Bailey NFL, said, if Patrick Mahomes ever says you woke up the wrong motherfucker, just pack it in and accept your fate. I do not accept that answer, Jared. I, I do not agree. I am a competitor. As a matter of fact, not only do I not give a shit if I woke up my competition, I want them at their best. I don't want them to ever look back and say, hey, you know what? You beat me, but I wasn't at my best that day. Absolutely not. I want your A game. I want the best that you can bring. Real competitors think that way. You know, I grew up with the the glory days of Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. Jerry, do you think Peyton Manning ever said Tom Brady was better than him? I cannot imagine he did. Do you think Tom Brady was ever afraid of Peyton Manning? Not a chance. First of all, they don't even play the same side of the ball. That's one. That's that's number one. Number two, they're not. They're like, just get done with your turn so I can have my turn. Sure, these guys have a ton of respect for Patrick Mahomes, and you know. but if I'm Josh Allen, I'm not scared of anybody. I'm just waiting for my turn. I need to go last. I respect what you can do, but I'm never going to pack it in And never say, oh, I woke up the wrong motherfucker. No, never once in a thousand bajillion million years am I ever saying that. There's like a chicken shittedness to that that does not jive well to me. And when I walk on the field, I walk on the field to win. Now, am I always going to win? No, because someone's going to show up better than me occasionally, once in a while. It happens. But I I just don't operate that way, Jerry. What do you you think when when I say that? 
I see. I am the Max Crosby of this situation. I just like talking shit. And I mean, may, maybe it's because we're from right down the road from each other. Because he went to Eastern Michigan, which is right where I grew up at. You know, I I, I love chirping. I chirp to you. I I have said how much I like to taste the tears of my league mates while I'm drinking all of them down from championship trophies numerous times on this podcast. And I will continue to say it because I love talking shit. So that, that that's that's me. The problem is when you are that person, you better win or you're going to look real stupid. Well, I appreciate the notorious in, in the chat getting you hype, man. This is how I roll, dude. I mean, you can beat me and I will tell you, I am a good loser. If you win fair and square, I will shake your hand. I am an obnoxious winner. Ask any of my league mates, ask anybody in any league that I am like, I will change my, my, my team name to the trilogy, the champ champ, whatever it is, I, I, I will wear you out, but I do not want to spend a ton of time on good people, bad tweets. Cause we actually have some news, but uh, Dana white, what do we say? Federal prison, federal fucking prison. If you're that fucking stupid. Thank you, Dana. Yes, anyone who doesn't want to compete at the highest of levels and is scared, go to federal prison. All right, Jerry, there there was some breaking news this week. Which big, is wild. Big, dude, big piece of news. Now, we kind of called this, by the way. Not saying we were right, but we were saying back in February, don't freak out on Joe Mixon. If anything, go look to explore cheap Joe Mixon. On Saturday, Joe Mixon and his agent agreed to a restructured contract. Then not only did we get it right and say that Joe Mixon was going to play his ball in Cincinnati in 2023, it looks like he's going to do it in 23 and 24. Huge win. If you were out acquiring Joe Mixon, you won. You won the offseason. He was one of my buys. I, I, I've done this on a bunch of different things, whether it be the Dynasty War Zone. I've done it on some shorts for Player Profiler. Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon. The guy literally had 75 targets in 14 games. He could literally get 100 targets this year, as crazy as that is to say, and, and now you've won. This is, a, again, I don't mean this. I don't mean to be mean. I don't say this to be mean. I'm just saying it. But no one cares what you think. What do you know? No one cares what you would do as the general manager of the Cincinnati Bengals. What are the Bengals actually going to do? What do we know? We know the Bengals owner, Brown, I think it's Mike Brown. At least Paul Brown was his dad. Mike Brown's the son, kind of like the uh, the guys with, with, with the Raiders, you know, the Davises. But he's notoriously cheap. He will like squeeze and shake couch cushions over and over and over and over again to get every last penny out of them. He's already paid Joe Mixon guaranteed money. He wasn't going to not get Joe Mixon in 2023 that money that that check was written getting 24 is just a happy bonus so i, I think this is huge you're not going to be able to get him now good luck good luck with all the redraft starting up you know hot and heavy here at player profiler we've got so many so much good redraft and seasonal content whether that be you know first class fantasy you know anything with with theo and, and billy and all those guys the pod father's got mind to mansion going on right now everybody's on joe mixon you missed the boat you missed the boat on joe mixon because now you can't get him because now you got to pay retail plus 10 percent because he's a bangle good team going to score a lot of points this is why you do not overreact to the little things jerry take it away this is why you zig when everybody is zagging buddy i mean goodness gracious especially with a running back who is creeping towards that aj packs 
You always want to do that because at some point they're going to go from being that new hotness to perceived as old and busted. And there was a window where he was in that old and busted stage where everyone thought he was going to end up in a new landing spot or he was going to get suspended or whatever Joe Mixon was going to do. Listen, you, you said it months ago. The Cincinnati Bengals have a window where they can win Super Bowls. And Joe Mixon can help them do that. They're not going to try to rely on Travion Williams when it's crunch time in the Super Bowl. It was an easy decision. It was easy to acquire. Thank you. I will sign up. I will take it. I, you know me. I love, love running backs that people just think are not sexy. Because that is when their acquisition cost is best. And their production usually will outweigh that every single time. And if you took that opportunity, your nipples are diamond hard right now. Because you're because you got you got him for what'd you get him for, Randy? Like cheap RB2 I got, prices, RB three prices. I got several I got several Joe Mixons for seconds. When the alleged news came out of you know whatever the hell's going on. I mean, Alvin Kamara literally copped a plea deal the other day. We're gonna talk about him later in the show because he impacts one of my guys. It's it's the NFL. They're slow moving on these things. You know, they've really, you know, they had the whole Ray, Ray Rice debacle. You've had the Kareem Hunt. That you've had so many of these, these player off the field issues. Right now, they're really taking their time and they're more about getting it right than being right. So that they're trying to make sure that they, they hand out punishment, but they're not rushing to judgment as exampled by the Alvin Kamara thing. I think Joe Mixon is going to smash and everybody, and I love the people. I literally shake my head and sigh. Talk about his rushing efficiency metrics. I could give a dog's fat ass less about his goddamn rushing efficiency numbers. I don't care. Yeah. Keep keep me happy with 100 targets this year. I don't care about all the rushing. Let Chase Brown plod for three yards in a cloud of dust. I don't care. Bring in Zeke Elliott for three yards in a cloud of dust. I do not care. I want the receptions. I want I want all that goal line work. I want Joe Mixon to continue to be the man. I just want all the work. Look look at the backfields in the NFL. How many of these situations have a running back that's virtually by himself? There's not many. No, no, I mean, you, not, you not even Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's about the best you're going to get. Maybe Saquon Barkley. Yeah. And Joe Mixon is in that category. And and we're just poo pooing on this man. That was uh, that was bad bad strategy. Well, Jerry, I I loved it because um, again, because I, <laughs> right? I love it. I love it because I was right, and everybody likes to be right, you know. Because sure. we're, we're wrong plenty too, but I love it when we're right. So just real quick for being right. <laughs> Let's talk about another one where we were right, and uh, this one right here, I have a very special sounder for these people. It hurts, doesn't it? All your dreams just hops down the fucking drain. Mm, 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 mm. That one was, that was going to be for my guy, Traylon Burks. Uh, he was going to be one of my fake outs even before the news. And then a man named DeAndre Hopkins signs in Tennessee. Oh, I was uh, insufferable. I think that was the word insufferable on Twitter because I had a feeling this was going to happen. 
You see, if if sometimes it's good to get outside of the fantasy space and just listen to people within the NFL, that's kind of how I got the Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon win right. If you don't want to, continue listening to the Dynasty Warzone. Jerry and I, we got your back. We're going to continue to put the, di- the right dynasty spin on the news that we hear so that you continue to make the right moves in your dynasty leagues. But this was this was a foregone conclusion. Jerry, you know, speaking of being scared and competitive, do you think Mike Vrabel's competitive? Yeah, yeah. I think he eats light bulbs as uh, snacks. Actually. Like appetizers. He like, yeah. you know, snacks on danger, dines on death. And, and, and I love Mike Vrabel. And you know what Mike Vrabel is going to do this year? He's going to play a second-place divisional schedule. No Cincinnati, no Buffalo, no Kansas City. It's a second-place divisional schedule, two games against the Colts, two games against the Texans, a Jaguars team that they're not afraid of. Mike Vrabel understands that he's two years removed, two years, not even, like 18 months, technically an actual number of days, away from being or where he was the number one seed in the AFC. He always saw this offense. And, Jerry, you know you know what I noticed last year? Could, could you tell during the, the offseason that it didn't seem like it didn't seem like Vrabel was the biggest fan of Traylon Burks. No, yeah, not definitely not. I mean, you go back to something like if you throw in, you know, Twitter or like do a, a quick search, Traylon Burks, Mike Vrabel, the comments aren't flattering. Uh-huh. And I, under, I understand that that he's got first round draft capital, but you know what? That GM's gone. That man's gone. Rand Carthon's in. I forget that guy's name. He's gone. And the guy who just brought in uh, DeAndre Hopkins is in charge. And they clearly are seeing him as the one. And this was an offense. I, I did I did the math earlier. They didn't throw the ball a lot last year, Jer. No. They threw the ball on average. I'm sorry. I did it over 50 games. 50 games. 5-0 games. They averaged 29.2 attempts per game and completed 19.2 passes per game. So you're going to chop that up between Burks and Hopkins and, and, and Conquo and all the other ancillary receivers and the running backs. Good luck. Good yeah. luck. Four, four, four for 50 incoming. Sorry about that, Jerry. I mean, you're not wrong, though. I mean, if anything, <laughs> does Ryan Tannehill benefit the most from this? Oh, clearly. If, if, if you have a, a crusty, dusty Ryan Tannehill share. It, like, and, he's, a, he's at least something now. And, and, and he and was nothing. And conversely, you know, you're probably a year away from figuring out what Will Levis is, barring sure. injury. You know, I, yeah. I will also say not only in his time in Tennessee, but his time overall in is that, you know, Ryan Tannehill has had injury issues going clear back to his time with the Dolphins. So if you're a if you're a you know, Will Levis supporter like I am, like our buddy Cody Carpentier is, you know, you're probably going to have to wait a little bit because I think this move says Tennessee's like, we're going for this. We feel like we're a playoff team. We're not rebuilding. We're not retooling. We're going to go out and try to win the AFC South. We're not scared of Trevor Lawrence. And we were the top gun two years ago, and and, and that's what they're doing. Oh, oh by mean, the way, the, the, the notorious uh, JR in the chat, you got to love the good play on words. He's like, yeah, Chig's value just got nuked. I like what you did there, Notorious. Jerry, what, what else you got on this one? And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll move on into uh, some breakouts. Yeah, no. It, I mean, you were hoping for a better situation if you were, you know, you you were holding on to DeAndre Hopkins in the hopes that maybe he could have one more run. That That's sort of the bad news there. Traylon Burks, you want to talk about a fake out? There we are. I mean, 
Randy, let's let's roll. Well, well just re- real quick, it's like you know, who's been the wide receiver one and the wide receiver two of relevance in the last fifty games with Tennessee? I mean, you'd literally have to go look. You know, yeah. if I ask you, AJ about- Brown's been gone. It's been a sack of potatoes. Uh, yeah, and, and even the, the last season, AJ Brown was there. He was hurt a, a yeah. good portion of the time. So, you know, Jerry, it, it's been a, it's been a tough day for those people. You know, they were. You ever watch game shows as a kid? Oh yeah. Do Do you remember the classic pressure luck? Uh, that's the whammies, no whammies. You know, that that's what Traylon Burks and uh, Chig Aconquo GMs were doing this offseason. Here's what happened. They were, they were, here's what they were doing all offseason. Big bucks, no whammies, stop. Stop it, oh. You, you got the whammy, and uh, we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about breakouts and fakeouts here in just one second, but we're, we're going to run one more timeout, just one more quick quick break and we're going to hear about the world famous in quotations draft kit because redraft and seasonal stuff is right around the corner we'll be right back hey it's the podfather of great news the 2023 draft kit is live it is world famous why because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists there are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. Absolutely, you need to go get it. That is the best draft kit. Now, I'm biased. I'm going to be the first to admit I am biased. It is the best draft kit. And, Jerry, you know, you, you caught lucky because uh, we, we all did guys. Like, my two guys in the draft kit, I did Najee Harris and I did Evan Ingram. You did a guy who we just talked about. You uh, you struck fantasy gold for your guy. Who was it? Joe, Joe. Joe Mixon, baby. Joe Mixon. See, Jerry took my thought, and he took the right guy in the player profiler draft kit. Again, it's great. Very proud of uh, my contributions, whether it be the two guys I covered or the commissioner section, which ties right back into the Kiss the Ring podcast, which I'll be doing with Ryan McDowell. I see all you people watching in the chat. I expect you to come back tomorrow night, same time on a Monday, and uh, hear from Mr. McDowell. But all right, Jerry, let's get into some guys that we were thinking as little as like one to three months ago, they were due for a breakout. Now, in all fairness to the listeners, because Jerry and I do not cut corners as it relates to giving you guys content. As soon as we figured out the 
the Trailenbergs and Tr Chig Aconquo. As soon as we figured out those guys were going to get nuked by nuke, I see what you did there, Notorious, and I'm stealing it. As soon as we realized they got nuked, those guys were off limits. We had to come up with new guys because because Trey Trailenbergs was one of mine. So Jerry, I'm gonna let you go first. Who is a rookie that we were thinking earlier, like as recently as May, that you were thinking was gonna break out, but now they're just gonna fake you out. What's weird about this one is I had a bunch of guys that I was going to pick. But I have sort of either talked about the people that are in their offense already in the last couple episodes, or I have a history of just crapping on these players. I'm looking at you, A-Chain, so I'm not going to do him. I'm going to do somebody that I really like and got good draft capital, is in a pretty good situation, but I just think he's going to be super disappointing this year, and it's Jordan Addison. He is always going to be second fiddle to Justin Jefferson. There's no ifs, ands, or buts around it. There's That is the reality of that situation. TJ Hawkinson emerged as a good target for Kirk Cousins. He's just going to be third fiddle. And if Minnesota ends up falling off, it's not going to be good going forward either. Like I love Jordan Addison's talent. He has also had the benefit of having some of the absolute premier college quarterbacks as his quarterbacks. He had Kenny Pickett, who was a first-round draft pick, NFL starting quarterback, Heisman finalist at Pittsburgh, and then he transfers to USC, and he gets Heisman winner and another Heisman finalist in Caleb Williams, probably the first pick in the draft next year. And he got a little bit worse with Caleb Williams, don't get me wrong, but there was a little bit more talent in USC then. It's just a situation that has me trepidatious, to use a DWZ word. Um, it, it, because this is the thing, like you, you can love a person as a prospect and they could still not return the value in dynasty as much as you would like them to. I mean, I mean, we, we, this happens every single year and I know it hurts to say it, it's hurting me to say it currently. This one just feels a little iffy and, and, and I could have done this for honestly, Randy, any of the rookie wide receivers. Because either way, I got to deal with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. I got to deal with Justin Jefferson. I got to deal with DK Metcalf and Geno Smith. Like, there's a lot of red flags with a lot of the rookies. I feel like I have not done Jordan Addison and the absolute, this is not a molehill. Justin Jefferson is a mountain to deal with when it comes to target share. Well, normally I try to agree with you, but I, I'm never going to force it. In this case, I, 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 don't agree with this one, and I'll tell you why. It's because Adam Thielen leaves behind 107 targets. And even if, even if that's all that Jordan Addison gets is the 107, I think it's enough. But I also think he can chisel a few away from K.J. Osborne, who had 90. I'm really curious to see how much his, his role impacts that of your boy T.J. Hawkinson. And what, but, but then again, maybe more targets go to the to receivers because Dalvin Cook's not there. And I don't think Alexander Madison's going to, no. you know, be quite the, the pass catcher of Dalvin Cook. I mean, Alexander Madison had 18 targets last year and Cook leaves behind 56. So I, my, I, my, my biggest worry, Randy, is if he gets 950 yards as a rookie. Okay. That it's good enough showing it, it's showing that you're capable of doing it. And the problem is, is that's going to create the hype going into next offseason. And Justin Jefferson is still going to be there. 
and Kirk Cousins is not going to be under contract, and it's just a completely different situation. What happens if a different quarterback comes in? There, there is just too much, too much volatility for me. And he's I, expensive. I, let's be honest. I, I, I will give you that. The the expense I will give you, but I don't. My concern with with Jordan Addison isn't necessarily this year. I think it's 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 tough to bank on rookie production from a wide receiver early or any pass catcher, to be quite honest. Fair. This offense is just so high volume. The defense is not any good. Uh, they could I forget the name of their good uh, edge rusher that's potentially that could be traded. He's not going to get released at this point. But my long-term concern with him is what is the QB look like in 2024? And not only for him, but for all these guys. The good thing is about really good players is they tend to do okay. So the one that's I remember DeAndre Hopkins. We talked about him earlier in the show. I remember him catching balls from guys like Tom Savage and Brock Osweiler. So Justin Jefferson, I'm totally good with. But I do I do agree with you, not so much in the short term. I definitely agree with you. It could be an issue in the long term. But, but, but I think they'll be okay. My guy's Kendra Miller. And I really, really, really like Kendra Miller. Here's why I'm worried. Now, I'm actually going to use my concern now to make him a buy going into the fall. Because I know Alvin Kamara is going to get suspended. I know anything involving a felony, and I heard this on another podcast the other day, requires a minimum of like so many games. But because he pled no contest to a misdemeanor, it means his suspension could be as small as two games. And they brought in your boy, former Detroit Lion, Jamal Williams. I love Jamal Williams and his you know, Pokemon hats and all the fun stuff he does. But I, I'm just concerned about what this offense is going to look like. So if he comes in and he looks good, I don't want to put this evil on him. But if Alvin Kamara, the veteran, and Jamal Williams, the veteran, play well, we could have a Zamir White situation on our hands. And that makes me very concerned. Now, but just like Zamir White, Zamir White, you know, Josh Jacobs said if he didn't get a contract by tomorrow, we're recording this on Sunday, the 16th. Jamal Williams, I mean, excuse me, Josh Jacobs said if he didn't get a contract, he's not coming to camp now. Players have had a change of heart before, but all of this adds up to, and you know, plus he's he missed all of mini camp, he missed you know, voluntary uh rookie camp and all those other little ancillary camps they do in the spring. And to me, it just all adds up to not being a breakout season for Kendra Miller. And if he does, maybe he breaks out a little bit later in the year, but I think he gets off to a slow start. I was really hoping that he was going to get those first 10 games to solidify himself in that 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 role. Uh, but due to the, the the two veterans in front of him, my breakout on him has uh, been slowed down just a little bit on Kendra Miller. What are your thoughts? I I am not going to be mad at you, and that pisses me off a little bit too because I got a lot of Kendra Miller. I really like Kendra Miller. My number um, one, and, I, and 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 guys, this is the, the Dynasty War Zone etiquette and ethics that that we roll with. I'm going to tell you that I don't think he's breaking out this year. He's my number one most rostered rookie. Out of all my 20-some-odd rookie drafts, he's my number one most ro- – I don't do this for entertainment. I, I mean, I, I hope I'm entertaining. I, I try to be entertaining. But I don't do this just to, to get clicks and downloads. I, I really have concerns about Kendra Miller, and I wouldn't say that because I know my league mates are listening. I know people are listening because it's the Player Profiler YouTube channel and, and podcast channel. But I have real concerns about what his role is going to be now that I think Alvin Kamara is going to get less of a suspension because my initial hype – was based around I thought the suspension was going to be in the six to ten game range. 
Which is fair. And now it's definitely not. It it sucks because I think you're right. And if he doesn't, you know, if he sort of is that third running back in the pecking order, which seems pretty likely for the most part, what's his value going to be like in 12 months from now? Uh, it's going to be not going up. It's going to be it's going to be a firm buy for me. So I'm not telling you to buy Kendra Miller today. Let's get to camp. Let's get the official word on the Alvin Kamara suspension. Let let the NFL have their say. If it's two games, it's it's a bummer. Unless you have Alvin Kamara, then it, then it's a big win. But you know, if it's if it's six games, okay. Plus, we have to see him because you know he hasn't played since the national championship game because of his knee. So a, a lot to happen with Kendra and the entire Saints backfield. I do think you'll see him a little bit, but he's going to be the perfect midseason buy. Somewhere around like Halloween, I'm going to be all over trying to scoop Kendra Miller right then and there. Randy, I think it's going to be a ton of these rookies. I think a ton of these rookies are going to be a lot more acquirable once point scoring season starts. Because a lot of them, you know, we, we have built up rookie hype and rookie hype always will happen. And we have to just pour the cold water on it every once in a while. But it, it stabilizes their value. They, they retain it to an extent. The problem is a lot of production is not going to equate to fantasy success with a lot of these rookies. Outside of Bijan, who's really in just a great spot to just immediately be a fantasy starting asset? Bryce Young. But are they helping you win? Are they helping you win right now? I don't know if they are. I, I, That's what I'm saying. Like, like They're definitely starting or, or good QB3 for you. We won't know about the rookies and, and their value because I think Anthony Richardson could be an absolute smash. Uh, that's but, fair. That's but, fair. But yeah, I, I get your overall point. Like JSN could get off to a slow start. He's got a couple exactly. of true. He got a couple of true studs in front of him. I think it just paints that picture of we got to be careful being over overly reliant on rookies because you're going to have your absolute smashes. I'm going to have zero point zero concerns about Marvin Harrison Jr. this time next year, but. Most guys, B. John Robinson, he's in that class. Caleb he Williams next year will be in that class. The, 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 there's gonna be, there's always gonna be a handful of guys, but 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 that's fair. That but that's why because we don't want you to continue to trade for, or if you're still doing startups, or for whatever reason. And, and I hope you do. I hope you're the person who has not done your rookie draft yet, because every August you and the gang get together, you play 18 holes of golf, you you, you drink some beers, you you hang out. And you do a live rookie draft because I know those things exist and that's super awesome. I just want you to temper your expectations on these couple of rookies with Jerry and I because, you know, it's hard for rookies anyway. Rookies are very exciting. You want to see some stuff, but you have to be careful because only a handful ever actually really help you. So there's our rookie guy. Now, Jerry, who's your guy going into year two? You can't say Chig Aconquo. You can't say Traylon Burks. Those guys are off limits. We've already covered those. Who is a guy that that you that you've heard that or thought was going to break out, but you're pretty sure they're going to fake you out? Jamison Williams. What do you want from me? You know, I almost I almost chose him. It felt like low hanging fruit, to be honest. A little um, bit. But, I mean, but what let, are your let's, concerns? Let's, let's 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 grow beyond the fact that Amon Ross St. Brown is there, and we're going to have to hope that. Jared Goff repeats what he did last year. He's never really played tons of big time football. Like he had one catch in the NFL. It was a good one. It was very pretty. And his last year at Alabama was unbelievable. 
that's the only season of big-time football stats that he has. His time at Ohio State, he had less than 10 receptions in both of the seasons. So I've got a guy who played one season of college football, albeit did great, and then goes to the NFL, gets hurt, comes back for six games, not one, not two, not three, six, gets one catch. And then he's going to get suspended again, but that is what it is. What what has he shown in his entire career that would suggest he is going to be an NFL game changer? He just seems like a guy that's going to rip the roof off every once in a while. And at the end of the season, I think you'll look at it and go, oh, those are pretty good stats. He did pretty good. But when you're starting him, you're never going to notice it. For me, my concern is, is where does the volume come from? Where does the vol- the volume come from? I mean, there's going to be volume in that offense, but we know Amon Ross St. Brown's a vacuum. They drafted Sam Laporta. I'm not too concerned with Marvin Jones and you know some of those older dusty guys, but they brought in Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, I, I just I couldn't imagine, especially when he comes back from suspension. You know, maybe your dynasty team's three and three or two and four, or four and two. Hopefully, you're kicking ass and taking names, and you're and you're six and zero. Oh, it could happen, but but if you're not, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm in a lot of leagues. Scott Fishbowl, Jerry, you know. Mm-hmm. We start three. You have to start three wide receivers. I have a lot of leagues where you have to start three wide receivers. Are you happy hitting the submit roster button with Jamison Williams as your wide receiver three? No, it's not I'm a not warm. Copy. It's not a warm and fuzzy. It's not a warm and like right now. I'm looking at the 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 dynasty rankings on player profiler. You can get this with the all in package, or you can sign up for dynasty deluxe. And you know Jamison Williams is wide receiver thirty nine. You know he's right next to a couple of guys. I know you like one of them and Jonathan Mingo. And the other one you went through graduation with at Michigan State and Jaden Reed. So would you rather have Jaden Reed and Jonathan Mingo or would you rather have Jamison Williams? The J squad, Jamison, Jaden, and Jonathan. Uh, I I think that's a good spot for all of them, honestly. Um, I'd probably take Mingo over over anybody else, but just because I feel like he's got a chance to be the one. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna disagree slightly. I'm gonna take Jaden Reed oh, over man. the other two, but 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 we're splitting hairs. We're splitting yeah. hairs. There, there is definite concerns with Jamison it, it, Williams. It, 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 there is, for sure. But also, if there's a person that's going to make me look dumb on this podcast, it's Jamison Williams. Just because, A, I'm a Lions fan, so that'll just make me look stupid if he's We're highly against him. But, but it, it, in, in the bits that we have seen the man play the game, he has looked extremely explosive, yada, yada, yada. So if, if he can hit, he's going to be a monster, which is why I understand why his ADP is where it is at. It's just, it's a little scary. And you know, we, you can't just consume hype. You, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta chill it out every once in a while. He's the kind of guy that if I, if I have Jamison Williams and Jamison Williams in my, on my team and I, you know, how sleeper, my fantasy league, ESPN, whatever they, they give you like the, the predicted score. And sometimes you're a, you're a favorite. Sometimes you're a dog. In a week where I'm a huge dog, that's the week where I'm going to plug in Jamison Williams, almost like a DFS tournament type style play. Well, this guy's supposed to beat me, you know, bad anyway. So do I think that Jamison Williams can score me 40 fantasy points, or do I, you know, do do I think a guy like you know 
someone a little bit safer like Hollywood Brown. I guess Hollywood Brown's kind of in that category too, with quarterback play notwithstanding. But but you kind of get my point. Exactly. Is, you know, he he's the kind of guy that could win you a week, but he's also the kind of guy who could give you like his box score, like or his like weekly average could go like eight, eight, forty-seven, three, twelve, thirty-three, seven. It could look something like that, and it would be very maddening in a submit your roster style lineup. To to compare him to somebody who he played college with. I mean, granted, it's not dynasty relevant anymore because he's in prison, but very Henry Ruggs-ish. You know, he 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 could rip it off for you, but never just going to be the guy that's going to be awesome and win you leagues. Yeah, my guy's a wide receiver too, and I didn't plan it this way. I, I walked out of this with a, a, a year two wide receiver, and my next guy coming up is a tight end, and it's George Pickens. And a lot of people are really bullish on this guy, and I just don't see it. Now, one thing that really matters to me as it was I'm drafting receivers is I like Yak. You know, Tyreek Hill, yards after the catch. Justin Jefferson, yards after the catch. You think about all these great wide receivers, yards after the catch. Jerry, George Pickens last year, he had 52 catches last year. How much yak did he have? How many yards? So he had 52 what are, catches. What are you setting me up for? It's a number. So he again, he caught 52 catches. How many yards of yak? Like if Justin Jefferson 200. cut it in half, a hundred, a <sighs> hundred and four yards of yak. He's a catch and fall down guy. He averages two yards of yak. And, so like, and how tall is he? He's like six four, right? So yeah, he's, he's he's like, yeah, that's he's like just falling two. down. That's two he yards. He falls forward. Yeah, he does. He just falls forward. <laughs> At least he falls forward, though. I, I I don't see where the volume come from. I recently did a an edition of the Trade Gods podcast with with Maddie Kiwoom and, and Jason, and you know Pat Fryermuth last year missed two games and he was on pace for 111 targets. And now he ended up having like just like right around 92, if I remember correctly. And then Deontay Johnson, I know he didn't have any touchdowns last year. He had 140 some odd targets. This guy had 84, converted 52 of them. I don't see it. I don't, you know, now again, home run style threat, highlight play guy, sure. But, you know, he used to be a value. He's no longer a value, and he's not going to get the volume of of targets. He's not going to get a bunch of yards because he's a you know just a, a catch and fall down guy. But people love him. I don't know if because he was a Georgia Bulldog. I I, I don't. Well, he was get a Debbie it. darling too. He 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 was. You no, know, I will say one thing about him, and I, and I, I I try to give both sides of the equation when I bring these guys up. I will say this, kind of like you mentioned with Jamison Williams. This is not. Oh, I'm I'm looking for a passer and out. I'm just being honest. He is another full year removed from his ACL injury. I mentioned on a previous show, I like Chris Godwin. You, you don't hear a lot of Chris Godwin talk. You don't hear a lot of other fantasy podcasts or dynasty podcasts talking about Chris Godwin. Oh, yeah, he's also another year removed from his ACL injury. We know these guys, the additional year, the additional time, they have a year of confidence on playing on that leg again. Maybe he picks it up. Maybe he plays better. Maybe the yak can, can develop. I don't see it. His best case for breaking out is if an injury happens to Friar Muth or Deontay Johnson. I think Deontay Johnson is the wide receiver I want there. And I just don't think you're going to get a big George Pickens breakout. What are you what are your thoughts on Pickens? 
So Pickens was probably one of my most sold players in season last year because I really did like him coming out of Georgia. Now, granted, I ignored the injury history, which was not a great idea from Jerry. Uh, but just just watching them play, I really didn't like that offense a ton, and I really didn't think Kenny Pickett was going to do anything for him. Deontay Johnson's definitely my guy in that offense. I mean, I, I see sort of why people like Pickens. He's a big guy. He can make, you know, pretty good contested catches. Just nothing screams like it's week 17 and I need a wide receiver three and I'm going to be happy that I'm plugging in George Pickens. Like I just, I cannot foresee that situation. And if that's not there, then I'm good. I, do, I, I don't need it. I, I, I don't see like, where's the room to grow? What, what does Kenny Pickett have to do? He, he would have to grow tremendously as a passer and as a volume offense. And I just don't see Mike Tomlin doing that either to just make him worth my while. So I, I just, I don't see the path to value. Yeah, and, and again, this is why I love player profiler because they have so many advanced metrics on their dynasty dominator page. You know, he was 94th in the league in, in target separation. Didn't create a ton of separation. Now he was really good at contested catches. So if you're looking for a jump, which which speaks to his yak, you know he jumps up, he catches it, he falls down. J just not a guy that I, I see a ton of efficiency. I see a ton of volume, and every league's got a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, Georgia fan. He's got a lot of positives in areas that don't score fantasy points. I'm moving on from Mr. George Pickens. I didn't have a lot to begin with. I'm always team Deontay Johnson, DJ for life. Jerry, give us your final guy. Give us your third-year guy, because I got news for you, gang. If you don't break out in year three, you're not breaking out. You might get that one year. Where the hell did that come? De Devontae Parker had a year like this once. Yeah, ironically, it, it, took I, five, I, it took like five or six years. Yeah, it, it took five or six years. He hasn't had one since. But, but more often than not, if you don't do it by your third year, you're not going to do it at least not at the level that people think. So, Jerry, give us your guy. All right. I'm not going to do this guy, but I wanted to say it, even though he had a good year last year. I just don't know if he's going to live up to the hype that is sort of being built around him, and it's Travis Etienne, which you, we have had this conversation plenty. But he did, he did break out last year, so it's not fair for me to do it. I'm going to do it to a person who has literally done nothing, and yet for some reason the Dynasty community still likes him, and I'll just never understand it. And it's Rashad Bateman. Low volume passing offense. Played at Minnesota, which, you know, lo love, love my, my northern Midwesterners. But the guy has done nothing. And now they bring in OBJ. They draft Zay Flowers. Mark Andrews is still there. Lamar Jackson still runs the ball a lot. I just, I can't, I can't see it. And, and I saw him go for like a late first a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, what in the absolute fuck is happening right now? Cause I just, I, I can't, I can't, I know he was a first round pick. Like I, I get it. I, this was a dude that was not even the alpha on Minnesota back in the day. It was Tyler Johnson who was a seventh round pick and is out of the NFL. I think no disrespect to Tyler Johnson. If you're still in the NFL, but ew, like, ew, how little does a person have to perform in multiple years of the NFL for you to just finally realize that, that, that this is just not going to be it? 
Like this is this is like Ronald Jones. I feel like Ronald Jones for like four straight years. Everyone's like, "Ah, he's only twenty two. Yeah, he's only twenty four. Like he, he's. I can't do it. I just I can't. Well, I was I was typing in the chat on on YouTube. It's like Mark Andrews, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman. I don't, and here's the thing: I don't ever pretend to know the the volume of an offense that I don't have any data for. I have no idea. I can go back and get some ideas of what Todd Monken has done and what I think he may do, but I am fading. And you know, Sean in the the YouTube chat right now said, "Fade all Ravens with receivers. Fade all Ravens wide receivers. Never, never, ever, never, never, ever, never." ever fade mark andrews unless he's dead or not playing but we we always we always play mark andrews mark andrews is going to absolutely smash this year i i love him yeah i'm with you on bateman i was never on bateman uh i gotta be very nice about rashad bateman that is one of the pod father's dudes you know, Matt and some of the guys here at Player Profiler, they were always team Rashad Bateman. He was another guy who was a Debbie darling. All of the Debbie guys, yeah. I'm, I'm good friends with Nick Whalen. And he's, and he's missed half the damn time he's been in the league. And in the games he has been, Randy, 18 games, right? More right. than a season? Let's look, 800 yards exactly. Fuck up out of here. Uh, I've, mean, seen, I've seen a season worth, and I've seen wide receiver five worth of production. No, thank you. I'm good. I could not agree more. Now, I saved this guy for last for a reason. Uh, I, I I will put my dukes up. I am ready to fight. I am ready to rumble. My year three guy, and when I say he's not going to break out, he's not going to break out to the level you all want. But it's not my job to tell you what you want to hear. It's my job to tell you what you need to hear. It's Kyle Pitts. Now I didn't pick I didn't pick Justin Fields because I do not want to have a fight with my good friend Nick Whalen. That is Nick's guy. He feels like I I've been uh, picking on Justin Fields. I I, I love the rushing. Let me interrupt you a little bit. I almost uh, picked Fields too. I, 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 I but, did, but he, but he was QB seven last year, so it's hard I, for me to not to call I, him a fake out. I have to do a better job of delineating between what we do with dynasty and fantasy football and what the real NFL says. Cause that's where that's like my picadillo and, and, and guys to know where you struggle with dynasty will always help you. I know that I tend to listen too much to the experts, the non fantasy players, but I also got to remember that it doesn't matter that they're inefficient or it doesn't matter that they're talented. What matters is can they score me fantasy points? And if the answer is no, I fade him, and if the answer is yes, I can't fade him. And I believe, even though I don't think Justin Fields will be efficient, I don't think he'll improve a bunch as a passer, I think Justin Fields is going to score us a shitload of fantasy points. But you know who I think's not? Kyle Pitts. Yeah, that's mean. That's... You, you know, Jerry, in, in two years, in two years, Arthur Smith went from 573 targets in the, in the passing game, 573 attempts, to 415. Now you might be saying to yourself, self, you know, 573 is not bad. That was with Matt Ryan, former MVP and kind of on his last leg, but not quite yet Matt Ryan. And then last year with the dynamic duo of Marcus Mariota and Desmond Ritter, 415 pass attempts. One so, of those who is still there. Yeah, well, one of those is the uh, starter. So they went from 33 pass attempts per game 
to 24 pass attempts per game. Oh, and, and what'd they do? What'd they do? What, what, what they went and drafted a guy. Maybe you've heard of him. He's I've heard he's I've heard he's pretty good running back. His name's Bijan Robinson. So they're like, you know what? We didn't pass a bunch last year. Let's go out and use like the number eight overall pick on a running back. Oh, and we still have Tyler Algier. Do you think the pass volume goes up or goes down? So 33 attempts under the, the head coach OC two years ago, 24 last year. Now, let's say Ritter, this is being fair, real fair, he completes 65% of his passes. Two years ago, Matt Ryan would have completed 22 passes. Ritter, if they complete 65%, 16 passes. Good luck. Chop that Chop that 16 completions up between L- London, Mac Hollins, Pitts, Bijan, and all the ancillary, all the ancillary targets there. It's not his fault. But it's not my fault that I have to tell you that he's not going to be Travis Kelsey. He's not going to score like George Kittle. He's not going to score like TJ Hawkinson. He's not, he's not even going to score like Mark Andrews or, or Dallas Goddard. You're hoping for like a tight end six. And based on what you have to pay for him, based on what you pay for him, it's going to be very tough. Very tough to ever get back what you're paying for him. So I don't think, I think he'll be fine. I mean, I think he'll be totally fine, totally usable. There's not going to be like 15 other tight ends better than him. But if you're expecting him to break out and be in that Kelsey Kittle, Andrews Hawkinson range, I got, I got some other news for you. I think you're going to be very sad. Yeah. You're not really going to hear much of a debate from me. Um, the problem is, is that position is just so bad that if you have him, you're keeping him and, and you're not doing anything about it. But I'm with you. I, I, he's not going to be Kelsey. He can't be Kelsey. That's the perfect storm. And yeah, I, I, I am just, I'm upset a little bit. Now, granted, I am not a person that drafts tight ends. I am pretty vocal on my hatred of tight ends so i don't have tons of kyle pitts because he went way way too early for jer jer um but i also don't like to see everybody getting that rookie hype humble pie this is what we talked about in the beginning of the show that rookie hype builds so much and you just need a little bit of cold water and hyping up a tight end that much has caused people now to be stuck randy yeah, and and here's the thing: if if you have Kyle Pitts, I'm not telling you to sell him for pennies on the dollar. I'm not telling you to cut him, but I'm telling you it's okay to go out and look for cheap tight end help. Jerry Scott Fishbowl, it's super tight end premium, right? Yep, super tight end premium. I went out and got Tyler Higby. Why did I get Tyler Higby? He had 108 targets last year. Do I think Tyler Higby on this planet or any other is better than Kyle Pitts? Absolutely not. If I thought Kyle Pitts was going to get the same 108 tar- targets as Tyler Higby, he would be my tight end one. The problem is he's not. That's my frustration. He is very, very good at football. He's in a very, very bad situation. You're hoping for some touchdown upside. You know, if he can build off of, like, I think it was one two years ago and then two last year, if, if we can somehow get him in, like, that six to eight range, it's going to feel a lot better. But unfortunately... Not a lot of volume in that offense, Jerry. But there you go. Those are guys that we were hoping 
and praying and thinking we're going to break out, but probably aren't. And Jerry, I'm going to do a continuation of this. And I'm going to do it with our new friend and our producer, Mr. Behind the Scenes himself, Kevin. We're going to do we're, we're going to do this on the Dynasty Warzone YouTube channel on Thursday night. So if you want to hear some more guys that we're thinking are going to fake you out and not break out, tune back in on Thursday. Jerry, what do you have for these beautiful, nice people before we get them out of here? You know, we were pretty mean today. So I, I, I think I'm just going to cut it short. You know, it's not nice to sort of, you know, cool people down when they're they're enjoying their lives. You know, we, we play this game because we want to enjoy it. It's not nice that some guy in bumfuck Iowa and Indiana just go raining on their parade. That's really not nice. So I'm just. It's I'm, not not my goal. It's not my goal. Joe, you're, you know, I know you've seen the classic poker. This is poker the movie. last month that we have without football. So let's just, we'll just, we'll make it through. Now I know you've seen the classic poker movie rounders, right? I, I'm, I'm the old guy. I, I'm Joey Kanish. I am giving you the playbook I've put together over years of my bad beats so that you don't have to experience those. Now, sometimes the young guy, the, the, the headstrong sharp has to go out and learn on their own. That's cool too. We all learn in a multitude of ways. Jerry and I are just here to try to help give you the best advice that we can to help you with your dynasty rosters. So we're going to get out of here. We're going to ask you for one small thing. Subscribe to two YouTube channels and two podcast channels, regardless of where you listen. We need you to subscribe to all four. It's free. It helps everybody else. Helps everybody in uh, Player Profiler. Helps everybody at the Dynasty Warzone. And it helps you because it keeps the content free and it keeps the content flowing. So listen, we're going to get out of here. I'll be back tomorrow night, Monday night, with our good friend, Mr. Ryan McDowell, co-commissioner of the Scott Fishbowl. We're going to talk about his experience and all those years of commissioning leagues. But until tomorrow, that man's name is Jerry Sinclair. You can follow him at DWZ on Twitter. You can follow me at DWZ Memphis on Twitter as well. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you right back here next week. Thanks, guys. Questions? Huh? Just kidding. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster, I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, Shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. When we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing.
yesterday. And if we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak.